A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This is it. The time has come. Saturday night's all right for fighting. Get in the ring and go the distance with Fight Night with Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davies. You're better than that! On Talk Sport. I'm Adam Catterall. This is the Fight Night podcast, available on iTunes, available on our website, talksport.com. It subscribes so you never miss out on any of our content. We had a little bit of a different show this week, of course. I was there. Gareth A. Davis was there, as we normally are. But we had a third presenter in the studio with us, the one and only Mr. Connor Ben. Came to talk to us about all aspects of his life, whether it be his own career, personal life, aspects and thought processes on other fighters, and one of which being his dad. Last year, we all know that Nigel planned on making that comeback, and that's where we started our conversation with Connor on Saturday night. I went outside just now. You didn't see this, Ed. I went outside now with, with Connor Nigel, as he's known on Twitter, Connor Ben, and I had a face-off with him. I thought, I'll, I'll, get, it, I'll get stuck into the lad. Well, he squared up to me and he knew that, you know, he messed up at no, the right, right moment. I, 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 I messed up at the right moment. We had a sequence of photographs taken and I've stopped and I'm having a laugh and he's properly serious. <laughs> I nearly had fisticuffs with the lad before Listen, we come on air. It's unreal. What a start you know, to fight night. You know the age-old saying, you don't play boxing, especially not with a fighter, mate. That's listen, not what you do. Listen, listen, it's all right in the studio, yes. but wait till we get downstairs on the cobbles at midnight. Oh, there you see. go. <laughs> there you go. You can obviously hear the dulcet tones there of uh, Connor Ben. He's going to be with us for the whole of the show. Connor, welcome, mate. How are you? You I'm good? good, mate. You well? Yeah, very well indeed. Very well indeed. Um, we're Is your heart rate up? It is a little bit. I mean, I really fancy yeah. it right now. Don't push me. <laughs> it was you're, you're worse than when the old man was in with you because your dad was Nigel was after a scrap in here one night as well. I fancied it with him too, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, a, f- a fight night first. We could have a little liveer in about five minutes. All right. So make sure you stick with us for that. Uh, Kid Galhad uh, has just obviously got the result against uh, Gladio Marrero. That was an IBF uh, title eliminator. Gareth. Um, obviously, watching Kigala tonight, he's one of those fighters that I've watched over the years that sometimes I get excited by, and then sometimes, with all due respect, he sends me to sleep a little bit. Tonight, he seemed back to his best. He was very sharp with his jab. He, obviously, he's as awkward as he always is. But then to obviously make his opponent quit on his stool, he's obviously got a little bit of pop in them shots as well, and hopefully now moving back towards the shot at Josh Warrington. Yeah, and I spent time with, uh, as you know, with Marrero during the week. Had a, a, interviewed him in Spanish and had a good chat to him. From a very tough man from the Dominican Republic, um, really coming here to be a game live opponent. And uh, you know, I was in the green room with with uh, with Connor earlier, Connor Ben, who's with us of course tonight, um, and we were watching those first couple of rounds and the. the 
at the time we were slightly concerned that he was being a bit too dirty, too much use of the elbow. Howard Foster, yeah. the referee, not happy with his comportment uh, in the ring early on in the fight, and we were worried about him being doctor point and was it not going to go his way because Moreno looked uh, kind of like he looked really up for it early on. But it's good to see him come through that kind of fight and and, and weather the storm. And you can see now, I mean, I'm looking on the monitor, he's with Eddie Hearn being interviewed by Sky Sports at the moment, and he looks delighted about it. He had a very difficult weight cut this week, I can now reveal. Um, and I'm just glad he's come through it because I thought he was brilliant against Josh Warrington last year. And it'd be great to see him in a world title fight because that was a, a, a final world title eliminator, wasn't it, for the IBF? Mm, it was. Uh, Kid Galahad coming through on that. And as uh, Dom said a moment or two ago, Terry Harper in action uh, going for a world title. And we've got Kel Brook uh, to come a little bit later on. We'll get you a full update of everything that's happened in Sheffield a little bit later on with Dom. But as uh, Gareth just mentioned there, we've got uh, we've got a third presenter on the show tonight uh, here on Fight Night, here on TalkSport. And it is, of course, uh, Connor Bent. Connor, last time you were in, you were in uh, with your dad and we were talking about, obviously, his upcoming bout, an upcoming bout that didn't happen. You had your concerns that night. So when that all obviously came to fruition... Was there a bit of relief? Oh, definitely, mate. I mean, I was getting, you know, getting sparring handed to me. Uh, and I was thinking, hold on a minute, something's not right. And I thought, you know, I was thinking too much of my dad's fight. And I was really concerned. And, um, you know, it's worrying. You know, I don't want to see my dad get in the ring. I said that time and time again. But obviously, it was his decision. And, you know, I had to support him. Although mm. I didn't want to see it, I had to support him. And, you know, by the great grace of God, it didn't happen. And, you know, it weren't meant to be. It's, it's funny, you know, because I sat with you and your dad at Tony Sims' gym in Brentwood, didn't I? Like, a couple of days before he announced that he, he wasn't fit for the fight in November. And I interviewed both of you together. I watched your dad train. He looked fantastic. He looked in great shape. He was mm -hmm. in great shape. He went out to do some more work. You'd been sparring. You'd had a hard spar. We watched your spar yeah. back. You'd knocked a fella out, I think. Yeah, I did. Um, but I said, the, the camp previous, the, like, the it was rested a, a week. Yeah. Uh, you know, I weren't, in, I weren't looking good. Okay, and I think I was getting worried about my dad. Well, well no, but you and I sat together. I think we did a piece in the Telegraph after Dad had announced he wasn't going to fight the great Nigel Ben. Mm -hmm. um, and you sat with me without him listening, and you said, "You know what? I watched him sparring the other day, and I got really emotional." Yeah, man, it was you, emotional. I, I, you, you, you had tears in your eyes because you were going, "That's <laughs> yeah. my dad. I know how brilliant he was as a boxer. I've watched all his fights, but..." Something's happening in me now that that's my old man with the emphasis on old. Well, I mean, you see him training there and you think, yeah, you know, he looks good. But seeing him spar, you know, it weren't a pleasant feeling. I've gone to Felix before he's got in the ring. I've gone, Felix, you know, don't take, <laughs> don't take liberties here. And, you know, that, and for me to say that to Felix, I was obviously worried about my dad. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, hearing things in the press, um, you know, it weren't nice. And leave it to the young lion. You know, and, and now I think he's come to terms with, you know, he's just got to be a dad now. And that's it. He, you know, he's left a, an amazing legacy. And there's nothing else to prove to nobody, not even himself. You know, so are listen, you, retire you, a legend. I was I was going to say, are you mm -hmm. confident, Connor, that that is the, the case? Because like you said, when we had the press conference when we were talking away, there was this thing niggling away in the back of his mind. And obviously the fight never happened. Are you worried that maybe in six months' time, maybe when the shoulder's okay and what have you, he'll start talking uh, talking about it again? No, no, no. It's uh, you know, it's done. You know, that's the you know, that's a book closed. Start to time to start a new chapter in his life, and um, you know, enjoy, enjoy the fruits of his his you know his hard labour throughout the, his career. Mm -hmm. 
Because he did say he, it was absolute once the, the injury came. Yeah. He, I think he even said, you know, that God spoke to him almost in a way that it was meant to be. The, 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 the injury happened for a reason. It, it did. You know, he still trains. He's still a very fit man. But boxing's a young man's sport. And there's no point going in there risking your life when you've you've done it already and you've come out on top. Don't then dip your foot, your, your foot back into that pond. Well, I remember saying to myself, you know, Nigel, we're all worried about you. We, you know, some of us who are old enough covered your career. You've got the millions of Britons love mm. Nigel Ben. Millions of boxing fans around the world love Nigel Ben, your father, and 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 we love him. We just love him because he's him. We loved him because he was a warrior back in the day. Um, but we were all very concerned about him fighting, you know. And, and God knows what you were going through as his son. It was horrendous. I said to my trainer, "I'm not sure if I can fight." And that's something I said, listen, Tony, I don't know if I can fight me. It's like my concentration went there. And then when he said he weren't fighting, boy, I feel a lot better. It well, you said his... you couldn't watch him at ringside. You I, said I, you I wouldn't watch you know him what? I'm not going to actually watch. I've made up my mind. I'm not going to watch no. the fight. No, I could not watch that whatsoever. I mean, watching sparring was, you know, it made my heart, you know, you know, just it just weren't pleasant, man. That's all I can say is it's, uh, it's not nice, despite your dad being the living legend, Nigel Ben, mm. the Dark Destroyer, WBC Hall of Famer. It still don't can make I, it any better can, when your dad gets in the room. Can I just clarify before Adam goes to the break that I'm the same age as your father, so you leave me alone when we leave the building tonight, <laughs> right? <laughs> My bad. <laughs> I think that's the first time that Gareth's actually admitted his age on the show. Well done, mate. I like it. <laughs> Now, following on from talking about his dad, we thought we'd talk about the lad. Um, of course, we wanted to talk about fighting, but first of all, I had to bring up that allergic reaction that he had last year and how he managed to get it. Take a listen to this. Do you remember this time last year you had that allergic reaction and you ended up looking like Nutty Professor? <laughs> Why have you got to remind me? I thought that was right, a thing in the past. Man. No, let's get on that. I, I need, I, because I've, I keep seeing, they keep popping up in my Instagram feed, the pictures of your head. So, so, so for people that have not seen it, talk what uh, happened at that? Because you were preparing for a fight in New I, York. It was time, New York. I, um, I put beard dye on day before going out to New York. Then I was allergic to beard dye. I was on the flight itching wow. my face. I landed in New York, looked at my reflection through a mirror and I've gone, I've gone, what? None of my team felt the need to tell me that I look like Naughty <laughs> Professor. None of you lot. Because I, I looked at a reflection walking through Starbucks. I didn't even look in the mirror. And I went, I need to go bathroom. I looked in the mirror and then my face just ballooned up. And um, it was bad. Like I had to, I had to go to, you know, emergency um, service because my face just, you know, started swelling up bad. It was leaking pus. Um, it went oh. all hard. My throat was closing up. And, it, you know, and this was like three days out of the fight. And then in the fight, I've gone to Tony, Tone. It's like a second round. I've gone, mate, like, I can't <laughs> breathe. And then I knocked him out, thank God. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd have been banging trouble. Jeez, man, you must have been absolutely petrified. When, yeah. when you, obviously, like you say, you're preparing for a fight and something like that happens. Did you, did you have any thought <laughs> was like, the fight no, wasn't going to happen? Yeah, Eddie was like, there's no way you're fighting. And I went, no, I am fighting. <laughs> I went, I'm fighting. I'll be, I'll be all right. Do you know what I mean? I got in That's the it. ring and, you know, it was all right. But listen... You know, the public have seen me in some, you know, some states. And, um, but it's all right now. It's all right. It's fine. It is what it is. Stay away from the beard, Dad. No more <laughs> so, need for the so, beard, Dad. So, what, without naming the brand, right? So, what, what, what's the, right? So, beard, Why are you going to try it? Beard, right. no, 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 no. I, I don't grow a beard. I look like, I, I look like fat Jesus when I grow a beard. <laughs> but, they, 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 um, um, so, 
you put a beard dye on because you're plant based now, aren't I'm you? I'm plant based, yes, I am. Did, did you well, know that? Adam? Well, 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 I'm pescatarian, so sorry, I'm not plant based. Sorry, he's a pescatarian, yeah. There you go. Right. Was it was an allergic reaction to beard dye? Severe. Yeah. So yeah. what's in it that caused... And why would you put that on, just in case? The guy well, suggested it. The guy suggested yeah. it and thought, yeah, you know, you look like you have a beard. You look like you have a beard. <laughs> I come out looking like... <laughs> Maybe I should be using this. <laughs> no, you don't. You, you, you don't. Just swerve it. You know, just give yeah. it a pass. You okay. know, be, be happy with what you Because mine's all grey now, so, you know. It's all right. It's okay. You don't, you don't want this beard done. I'm telling you now. It was, it was traumatic. Did you find out what was in it that had caused it? I'm just not going near beard. Okay, right, so what okay, I thought yeah. I'd do is I'd have a beard transplant done. <laughs> oh my god! And I look like state, I look like state in them photos as well. So I'm thinking, God, the public must think I'm off my nut. How bad do you want a beard? <laughs> just, you know what? It's not even a beard. It's just a stubble. You know, it's something manly about having a little bit of stubble. Yeah, right. <laughs> you always want what you can't have. Can't, Listen, you're sporting you? a bit of stubble tonight. It looks glorious. Mm. That's the beard transplant. Yeah, oh, stop it. It is. You? you don't believe me. I don't. Have you, I not, don't. Have you not seen all the articles? Yeah, yeah. I've got to reveal your wife's in the studio and she's nodding. <laughs> I've had right, a beard transplant. Right. Listen, how, how long before uh, we go to break? Oh, no, we've got another six minutes of this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it here, though. <laughs> are, you, are you happy with the beard transplant? Is that I, it now? Are you done? Wait, listen, I am done. I am done. Yeah. But yeah, I can't handle the stick, man. No well, I'm just getting absolutely rinsed. <laughs> What's wrong with being a baby faced assassin, anyway? God, I don't know. It's just I just wanted to stubble. I don't even want a beard. I just want a little bit of stubble, and I'll be happy. And I've got a little bit of stubble now. That's there it. Me done. I'm there done with go. the tattoos. I'm done with the stubble. I don't know what's next. There's nowhere left on your body to have tattoos, for goodness' sake. I was I was going for the legs, but the wife's been like, "No, nah, you can't go on your legs." So you know, she's the boss. How many have you had done? Because you, you there's a lot of work there, mate. It's yeah, at least yeah. fifty. Oh, mate, I started at sixteen. Yeah, and and you know, in like what four years, five years, I've just covered myself. You know, I'm, I'm more, a, I'm like a spontaneous character. Is it an addiction? Once um, you've had that one, do you feel like, oh, no, I, I just, like, I, I just, like no, I just like tattoos. And then I realised it got to the stage where it's now an image. It's now yeah, the yeah, boxer yeah. with tattoos. So I thought, you know what? Why don't you I'm tattoo a... your beard on? Why did you... <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're pushing it. Yeah, but you're, you're just saying it because you ain't sitting here. <laughs> Get it tattooed on. I would, I, I would have. <laughs> Oh, mate. That's an, you just mentioned your age there as well. Yeah. You, you, you feel, I mean, as, as a fan, <laughs> it feels like you've been around for a long period of time. So for you to only, what are you, 23? Yeah, just turned 23, man. A lot of, fan, a lot of fans forget that with you, that you're only yeah. 23 yeah. years of age, you know. Yeah, you've had 16 fights, 30, uh, sorry, 11 knockouts and whatever, but it yeah. feels like you've been here for a lot longer. Well, I think it's the tattoo and the beard. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, um, I don't know, my career's been so up and down. It's been so dramatic. You know, it's been ups and downs, roller coaster. It's been knockout that people I shouldn't have knocked out I've had hard fights with people I shouldn't have had hard fights with mm. and you know it makes it seem like a long career I mean I've I've um, I've learned a lot about myself in you know the short years that I've been pro I think I, I don't know whether you agree with this Gareth but what I what I kind of like about uh, where Connor's at at this moment in time especially when you do post fight interviews mm -hmm. you're very real in the in the way that you assess not only your performance but where you're at in your career because it's quite it's quite easy when you're when you're attached to Matchroom and you're in, in the in the bubble of uh, the, the fantastic promoter that is Eddie Hearn, and obviously mm -hmm. with the name that you carried, there's a lot of fans out there who go, "Oh, he's the second coming of Nigel Fenn <laughs> and all this type of stuff." They go crazy for it, you know, and they'd expect you to be maybe fighting at a certain level, maybe within your fifth fight or your sixth fight and all this type of stuff. But when I when I see you interviewed as a young man as well, you seem to have a very level head 
on your shoulders. I, th- I think that's a fair assessment. I'm sure Gareth will agree with that. You seem a lot old. As a 23-year-old man, you seem a lot more advanced, a lot more mature with the way that you're approaching your career. You know, I think it's more, you know, that's credit to my parents for raising me the way, you know, I am today. And, you know, little did I know they were preparing me for this today. You know, I could be, you know, walk around and give it Charlie Big Bananas and that, but yeah. that's not the way I'm raised. Mm. You know, it was transparency through my dad's career. He lost to Watson, he lost to Collins, he lost to Eubanks, and who's the most likes out of all of them? Mm. And you know, that's only because he was transparent with the public. You know, my dad says to me, you know, the higher the monkey climb, the more he shows his batty. And, um, <laughs> you know, so so he just, his son, be transparent. And, you know, make time of, you know, make time of day for absolutely everybody. And, you know, that's the way I am. The apple don't fall far from the tree. You can always mm. grow a beard on your body then, can't you? <laughs> <laughs> Not me. I don't know about you. <laughs> Look at that. We're only, tw- it's 25 past nine and we're already there. We're, we're talking about beards on bodies. <laughs> um, um, here's, here's the other thing. I remember distinctly in the, it was early 2016 when we had a press conference for you, wasn't it? When you were mm-hmm. turning pro, yeah. Uh, and under Eddie Hearn, your dad was there as well that day. Um, it was at Tower Bridge. It was just, you I know, remember, one of those, cl- you remember, remember it like it was yesterday. Yeah. Um, even then, you revealed that Nigel had kind of done his best to encourage you not mm-hmm. to go into professional boxing, but he'd agreed finally because of one spa you'd had. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, he, when, he when chinned were, me when I was 16. He chinned you when you were 16? Chinned me, bloody nose, thought he broke my nose, chipped my tooth a lot. And he said, this is what it's all about. Yeah, and then I was like, yeah, I'll give it you know, I'll give it a swerve, I'll miss that. And um, and then before I come to England, we had a spa, and I hit him so hard. <laughs> you know, I, I was like, payback. And, um, you know, it was just one of them spas. And he turned like, a corner on it. Yeah, he did. And and literally, that was the day before coming here, coming to the UK, and, and the rest is history. I mean... I wasn't supposed to be here, I'm telling you now, in the position I'm in. And, um, you know, something runs deep in the DNA that, you know, it's still taking me every single day to realise what it is. When you say you weren't meant to be here, what do you mean by that? I weren't raised to fire. I was raised in Spain. I was one of them Spanish boys, you know, lo- loved playing the guitar, singing Maria, Maria. Yeah, I was that guy. I weren't, I weren't um, you know, no fire. I didn't go into the boxing gym. I didn't even know what the ABAs were until I come to England. You which never was had a tear up. What do you mean? You never had a tear up when you were in Spain. Mm. Growing up, maybe. <laughs> but you, so you yeah. knew you had a fighter in you, though. I fought. I thought if I had to, mm. it wasn't. I went out looking for fight. Went out looking for trouble. I, I, you know, I thought if I had to, and yeah. um, I loved it. But I didn't think I'd ever be a professional boxer. I didn't. My dad well, was my dad like- to me. Yeah, it's like you said that your family, your parents, had created a different type of life for you. you know? it, I was in a bubble. I was I had the most sheltered life. I mean, I went to a private school where there was like thirty kids in the school. I was raised in church. My dad weren't Nigel Ben. You know, I didn't. I didn't know what Montclair, Fendi, Gucci, Prada, Dolce Gabbana was God, until, that's I, until I come to Essex. That's changed. That, yeah, that's <laughs> changed. It has changed. I mean, I got a Patek on right now, <laughs> so it has changed. But my dad, my dad didn't raise me that way. Hmm. So you know, it's um. I'm just thankful I'm where I am today. Now, as you know, on Saturday night, Kelbrook was back in action uh, against Mark DeLuca. He won within seven rounds. Fantastic performance. But during the week, Gareth caught up with him and started asking him questions about the last 14 months in particular of his life and how dark moments got. 
One of the things I haven't asked you um, in the last couple of years is there's been a lot of talk about mental health in, in boxing. Um, when you suffered your two losses, did you have to go away and repair mentally as well um, and, and work things out? And what process do you go through as a fighter when, when, when you lose and people are saying you're not this, you're not that, when you're the guy that works, walks that final mile and steps in there? Yeah, ruin me, ruin me. Room, really, uh, really, yeah. Yeah, room, uh, very dark. Counselors, don't the lot. Words can't describe how low I've been. Um, but you know what? I'm here now, and believe you me, Gareth, I'm back. Proper, what, proper what, back. What do you do in those times? Is it a process of pulling your loved ones around you and hugging tight and going for walks on the beach and or meditating or trying to find a higher self or a higher force to 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 commune with what 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 do you do what does cal brook do in those situations yeah, i can't i can't really think like that you know I'm, I'm that far gone that far lost i'm that numb my mind don't think like that i just i'm just i'm just stuck and time just passing by and i'm just mm. in this black hole and is I, it like standing on the edge of a cliff Is, yeah, does I'm it just, feel I'm just like stood that? there on the edge of a cliff i can't turn back i can't go forward and I'm just stood there, days are going by, mm. and uh, I'm still in the same place. The life, uh, everybody else's life goes on, but I'm just, I'm just, I'm just there in this black hole. And then, it, you know, it just, it just, it just, you know, obviously, something comes over you. Some, you try, you try, you try, you try, and then you can. I don't know how, but I come out of it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how. Is, is the only solace in those times, maybe being with your kids or seeing your kids, it's the only joy you get? Even, even, even seeing sometimes my kids, I don't even, sometimes when I'm that bad, you know, I can't even be around them. It's, it's just how you, you feel personally, you know, wow. you're that low. It's that deep a process. It's that, that deep, you know, yeah. it's that deep. It's hard to, you can't explain it's depression on a serious, horrific, you know, mm. degree. Yeah. You know, it's, you can't put it into words, can you? So when other boxers talk about it, you know exactly what they I, mean. I, well, when Tyson Fury talks well, about it, I know that Tyson Fury. I believe Tyson Fury, but I don't believe that no no other fighter has, has been as low as me and Tyson. Mm. But I don't. I, and I, I've not come out and said it. But I, I reckon that it, I reckon that is where I'm. I'm, I'm like a character. Or, you know, I'm, I'm rough. So you know, I've been through it. I've been through it. But you know what? It don't matter if I say how low I've been. Do you know why? I'm here now. And do you know what? The light, the light is so bright. I can tell you about them dark times. Because, you know why? I don't need to listen about quieting anything down. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I've had these dark times, very dark times. Because why? Now I can tell you because the light is so bright. On Friday this week, the big fight was announced. The big domestic dust-up in the heavyweight division between Joe Joyce and Daniel Dubois. They had a big press conference. Gareth went along with his microphone. He spoke to Daniel. He spoke to Joe. And he also spoke to Frank Warren. No one's really gone at you before in that way, or their manager. Yeah. I, it's a new experience. You've got a big grin on your face right now. You seem to enjoy it today. Yeah, yeah I did. I really, I was up for it from this point. You know, I woke yeah. up with that in mind that that this is going to happen. This is going to. It might, you know, come to me shoving them and stuff like mm -hmm. that. But it's all good. You know, it's part of the game. And um, if it if it helps sell more tickets, creates more excitement about it, then all the best. Well, Joe, Joe, Joe Joyce and his manager Sam Jones just walking by, few eyeballs there. Look, we're going to get this all the way till April the 18th, but you've been relishing this yeah. probably for the last couple of years, really, you know? Well, really, yeah. 
this is um, it's been building up to it, and this is what I've been come come to expect. You should keep winning, and you you're going to be thrust into the big time. And here I am. But you don't feel any pressure now. You don't seem to anyway. I'm not not at all. I'm fully confident. I'm going to come away with and knock him out on you know 11th of April and be continue on my journey. The last thing you spoke to a group us about just now is being faster and younger. That may well be the crucial thing here. Of course, that and along with willpower and determination to win, I feel that's it. That's all I need. When people talk about the annals of great British fights um, with the great heavyweights, does it excite you that this will go down as one of those events in British sporting history? Two British fighters, both undefeated as heavyweights, professionals, and that everybody's going to be watching because it's so pivotal in both careers. Yeah, definitely. It'll be one of them fights that it'll be a coming out fight for both of us. And it's, uh, you know, there's, there's loads on the line and it's just going to be like a barnstormer. I really can't wait, but I really need to make sure I get everything right in the gym because he's going to, you know, he's a big, heavy-handed, explosive puncher. So He's younger, and people will say he's got faster hand speed as well. So you may disagree with that, but those are the things he's already... No, you're, no you're probably right. Um, but so you've got to be smart then, in other words. You've got to time him, haven't you? Exactly, and, uh, but I've got, you know, plenty of the tank, and um, I throw more shots. I can take a good punch. I'm very experienced. I know that. So, um, yeah, I feel like you've been around forever, weirdly. You know? I know, yeah. Since, yeah, since I was 22. But yeah, yeah. I've, you know, I've been, been and done, won everything. Won everything so, it's, uh, he, he definitely looks up for the fight. You both had good suits on. It has that feel I about think, it. I think, he must have, I think he must have picked it up. He's like, oh, I want a suit like that. So he got himself down to Marks and Sparks and picked up one. <laughs> um, the other thing is, I spoke to Fraser Clark about this fight a couple of days ago. I was up in Sheffield, obviously, he's got his Olympic qualifying tournament coming up, and he said, they don't know, they just don't know, because of the rounds and rounds and rounds I've boxed with, um, with, uh, with, with Big Joe, just how good he is, and I know. And he said, I think Daniel Dubois is going to be in a heap load of trouble when they step into the ring. There are people like like Fraser who know you really well who've had to be patient in the background and I don't think arguably we've seen the best of you yet have we yeah I've, I've, you know I've still got I'm you know I've been about but I'm, I'm still I haven't got miles on the clock yeah yeah Fraser's a great guy I, I remember sharing a room with him in um, in Sheffield and like he's been you know patiently waiting obviously he was on the he was on the squad first, then Joshua came along, then I came along. Now it's his time, and he's, and I believe he's going to medal at, at this Olympics in Tokyo. You know, he just needs to get himself qualified now, and uh, yeah, some big things to come, and then he'll he'll join the pro ranks as well. April 11th, high risk, high reward, though, isn't it, really? Yeah, it's a massive fight for um, massive fight for my career, his career. We're both up for it. We're both going to train hard and. Um, everyone's going to see um, an amazing fight, so um, it's one that can't be missed. Go all the way back, you know, Bugner and Cooper, Lewis and Bruno, um, uh, Lewis and and uh, Gary Mason, all these fights, and, and, and on and on. Dillian White, Chisora, Chisora Hay, it belongs in that pantheon, doesn't it? It does. You know, you've got the Olympic silver medalist who's unlucky not to get the gold against the new kid on the block who's coming through the ranks to everybody including you boxing riders who voted him young father of the year and 
a lot of people in world boxing consider it to be the next next big thing. So we're going to find that out on the 11th of April at the O2. Do you feel that about him? Is there a kind of an inner excitement that you get and you've had with other fighters that there's something special about him? Yeah, there is something special about him. And he's, and he's also fighting a guy who's... You know, he's no slouch. He's not like Kurt Joe's there to make up the numbers. He's very confident and he's got a lot of self-belief himself. You know, a lot of people are going to fancy Joe to beat him. Yeah. It's one of those fights. You know, what happens after so many rounds? Is he going to run out of gas and all those, all them different things? But he's so confident, this young man. He's so confident. He's got so much self-belief and he's focused 100% on boxing. There's, no, there's, no, there's nothing in between. It's not like there's a hobby or anything. It's just boxing, boxing, boxing. And, and there's definitely something in the air already, isn't there? Even yeah. just bringing them together well, this morning. Yeah. I mean, this stuff here, I mean, like, you know, I was quite shocked, actually. You know, yeah, the, yeah. They're two very quiet men in general, aren't intimidate, they? Intimidate, you know, yeah. trying to intimidate, and they, it just didn't happen. So it's going to be fun, and the fans are going to love it. Um, and obviously... Um, on the top of that, on the back of that, we've got Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder. That's brewing very well yeah. at the moment, isn't it? Um, and not very far away now. Well, you've got the two best boxers, two best heavyweight fighters in the world, mm. undefeated, up against each other. Biggest puncher probably in the last 30 years. And you reckon only in the last 30 years, yeah? Because a lot of people are kind of saying or building him as the, uh, as the heaviest puncher ever. Yeah, we may be, but I mean, I've seen, you know, like the, you know, there's lots of guys that, like, you know, when you look at... Um, George, George Foreman, you look at you know, Ernie Shavers, there was a lot yeah. of big guys out there you know, who, who were phenomenal punchers, you know, even Marciano and whatever. So, of course, but he's done every, he's, he, what he is, he's, that is what he is, a big, dangerous, menacing KO artist who can turn a fight in a second. He can come from behind, which he does on many, many occasions. Um, he came from behind against... Tyson put him on the floor. Yeah. Three three punch combination, put him on the floor. Tyson when he you know, I thought it was all over when he got up, took the fight to him, and by the end of the round was winning the fight. So Tyson thinks he's got the key to him. And I believe in this fight, which you can see on BT pay, BT Sport BT pay per view. I believe that with Wilder you're not gonna get any more than that. He's never gonna run out box Tyson Fury. In a million years, it's never going to happen. So he's got to rely on the knockout. And you got Tyson in the previous fight, who was, a, you know, had a real bad time out of boxing. Yep. You know, all the all the weight loss, the depression he had to come 11 through. Heart, yeah. Eleven stone he lost, and all the, as I say, you know, he couldn't be any lower than he was, and all the, you know, how he felt, suicidal. And taking that fight after two, you know, relatively easy jobs. Mm rather than what we planned was have four fights, he went straight into it. But this one, he's on the weight, he's not training to make the weight. He's on he's on it, he's focused, he's changed changed trainers and he's you know, people say, Well that's crazy, what's he done? You know, why break up a successful partnership with Ben? It was a successful partnership, Ben's done tremendously well. But when he appointed Ben, everyone's saying, Who's Ben Davison? Mm. He's with this Sugar Hill guy now and He's built a rapport up with him, and they're train He's training to knock Deontay Wilder out. That's what he's training for. And you've, you're fully convinced I'll, I'll, that he, I'll, that's how he wins. I think he'll stop him. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive & June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive & June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Now off the back of Frank Warren and Gareth talking about Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder and the big rematch, which is uh, only two weeks away from us, we thought we'd have a chat about it as well and how excited we are about heading out to Vegas. I just felt most of the time like I didn't want to live anymore and I didn't want to be on this planet. I was very mentally unwell. I was drinking heavily. I didn't want to live on a daily basis and I was 28 stone in weight. There's Tyson Fury, the man, and then there's the Gypsy King, the entertainer. And it's totally two different people. He said, if one of you go down, God forbid, he said, I'll ask you to get up and move to the left, move to the right. He said, show me you're okay. I put both hands on his shoulders, looked in his eyes and said, I'm okay. I think it's over. Is he going to get up? Can he get up? He does. He said it was his destiny. And you begin to wonder. Heavyweight brilliance, heavyweight occasion, heavyweight radio. How about that? Ah, two weeks. Two weeks, Gareth. We'll be there, my friend. Ringside at the MGM Garden Arena. Uh, bringing in a fantastic rematch that we've all been licking our lips for for well over a year. If you remember, it was supposed to be this time last year that these guys were supposed to go at it, and then Tyson Fury signed his big lucrative deal with ESPN. They went off on a different path, building profile. It's most certainly worked because this is absolutely astronomical, the rematch, isn't it? Well, it is, and they've both grown as figures. I mean, that first fight captured the imagination, certainly what happened in the 12th round, the drama of Fury going down like a sack, a big giant sack of potatoes, and suddenly regathering himself like some science fiction movie and getting up, or, or as people have described it, Lazarus from the Grave, The Undertaker mm -hmm. in WWE. It's a massive fight now, of course it is. Um, Fox have built it up, they've got... Uh, 
Wilder, Deontay Wilder. Um, BT Sport have built up Tyson Fury into a phenomenal character here. But ESPN and Bob Arum over in America have made him a superstar. He's been in the WWE. It's become a much, much bigger fight. And uh, I can't wait to be there. In fact, on Monday, Adam, and I'll get this on next week's show, I'm heading to Alabama to spend Tuesday with Deontay Wilder in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, with Deontay Wilder and his trainer, Jay ah, Diaz, at the Sky now, Boxing Gym. I know why you're doing that. I know why you're doing that. And I'm going to explain as to why you're doing that to Connor, right? Because last time, Connor, when, when, in the first fight, you may have seen the video that went a little bit viral because everybody knows that during fight week, Deontay Wilder does this change from Deontay Wilder to the bronze bomber. He becomes a totally <laughs> different human being. He gets a little bit more aggressive. He's in fight mode. And when Gareth's, you know, floating around with his microphone, sticking it in his face, he can wind him up a little bit and he gets a little bit aggressive. And him and Gareth had a little bit of a... <laughs> they had a little bit of a straightener. Let's just put it that way, on the Thursday of fight week. So Gareth obviously thought to himself, I don't fancy that again the week after in Vegas. So you've gone a week early, have you? You've gone to go and speak to Deontay Wilder <laughs> rather than the bronze bomber. I know what you're playing at, Gareth. No, no, listen, I did that. No, but the weird thing is, that's what I did last time. And, I, and, and I'd said to him, you know, listen, I want you to know I'm doing a lot of interviews with Tyson Fury coming up. I'm pretty close to him. I've covered his whole career. You know, I've seen him through thick and thin. And he just saw me at the press conference after they had their kind of shirts off moment, the pushing and shoving, and went, ah, oh, he knows Tyson Fury. I'm going to give him a load of stuff to, to go back to Tyson Fury. And he, he gave me the hairdryer treatment. Oh, I stood up I to him, but it. I didn't take my glasses off, Connor. So I did basically, not Connor, what he's saying is that he's bottled it. He's bottled it. That's why he's going next week. Like. Than week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, at least he's not the biggest punching heavyweight in history, as Frank Warren said earlier, anyway. <laughs> Listen, but, Connor, from your, from, from your point of view, you must be excited about seeing this particular fight, because again, going back to what we said a moment or two ago, we want to see the best against the best. Yeah. Deontay Wilder constantly goes on about one face in the in the in the division, and 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 we're getting the opportunity to hopefully see that at some point. Well, listen, Wilder Fury, I'm excited to see that fight. I think um, Fury comes out on top. Um, I think Fury can adapt and change, and I think he'll make it a proper hard night work for um, for Wilder. And um, you know, <laughs> how you doing, Gareth? I'm just putting me. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that was not me passing wind, by the way. <laughs> yeah. And I was putting some biofreeze on my shoulder because I've got yeah. a terribly bad sore shoulder you, at the moment. Connor, do you believe in w when Tyson Fury is talking yeah. about trying to knock Deontay Wilder out, going toe to toe him? Do you Cannot believe that he will? Do you believe he'll adapt that, or do you think he'll go back to time? Yeah, it'll go back to the school cards. Um, I mean, there's no way um, Fury's stopping Wilder at at all. I but more aggressive? Can, can you see him um, being more aggressive, though? Being I think, busier I, each no, round? I don't think um, being aggressive will work in his favour. I think him staying away from um, Wilder's shots, making him miss, making him pay, rather than being the aggressor. And, um, you, you know, Wilder's shown with his Ortiz fight. I thought, I thought he was going to show a completely different... Um, fighter but you know he was losing every single round and relied back on his one punch power you know it got him through but I don't think that'll get him through with Fury it's going to be a, I, I genuinely can't wait because the first time around I just had a feeling that Deontay Wilder was maybe taking it a little bit too light with the obviously mm -hmm. with what had, what had happened with Tyson he'd come back he'd had two fights that not it hadn't set the world on fire and I just thought yeah. going into it I really fancied Tyson to get the job so who's your money on now then I'm a lot more nervous. I still think Tyson will get it done, yeah. but I'm a lot more nervous this time round because I just think Deontay will be switched on. He's had a fantastic yeah. year as well, hasn't he? I mean, look at the knockouts that he's dished out over the last, you know, yeah, 12 yeah, yeah. months or so. He's, and I'll tell you something, man. You think if it goes to scorecards, it'll go to Fury? 
Yes, I do. I think I think Tyson Fury outboxes him all day long. It's getting to the scorecards, though, isn't it? I mean, he's, yeah, he's yeah. proven in that fight with Luis Ortiz. I mean, he lost all. But he still round. didn't yeah. win. He still didn't win on the scorecards when I believe he won clearly um, mm. in in America. So you know, will the same thing happen again? I had one hundred and fourteen, hundred and ten yeah. for, for Fury. That is. Look, here's the thing. I think Fury's become a bigger figure in America. He's 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 under the auspices or the umbrella of Bob Arum and and, and ESPN, and and also everybody knows who he is now. I think that, that you know, um, I don't. Tyson Fury, and he spoke to me in, in his mention a couple of weeks ago in, in Las Vegas saying there's no way I can get a decision in America. I don't believe that. I think he can get a decision in America. He got one in Germany against Klitschko. He did, he did exactly. Yeah. He and, and, and that could have, that, that was arguably, that was closer than the fight with Wilder. Well, it was closer than the fight with Wilder. Um, I, I just feel like you guys are talking about the fight. I think it's the same fight all over again, and yet, but they know about the 36 minutes they've had with each other, so it just makes it all the more fascinating. Fury is a little heavier. Wilder, I think, has developed a little bit more. Yes. Um, ben Davison spoke to me earlier in the week. I know we're going to hear from him tonight because he's spoken to Dom potentially in Sheffield because he's there up there at the moment uh, at the, on the Kelbrook card where Kel is into the fifth round now, yeah, Adam. He I've nearly finished him in the fourth. You were unlucky. Yeah, um, that... that um, that that Wilder and he used it against Luis Ortiz uses um, disguise offense he calls it where he just sits back and waits and and there's a theory that Wilder's going to be much more patient in this fight and not throw so many punches and it yeah. could be much more of a quieter more of a stalemate fight this time but I think that will suit. Um, Fury to use Agreed. his jab more, but I think it's going to be a fascinating chess match. Do you think either either are worried about what either one of them brings to the table now I that think they've they, been in the ring together? I think the styles are so distinctive yeah. that they will just box their own way. Um, Jay Diaz and and Sugar Hill Stewart will be coming up with game plans. I don't believe he's after the knockout, Tyson Fury. But you know what? I've doubted him a couple of times before, <laughs> and he always seems to be able to prove us wrong. <laughs> As I mentioned earlier on in the show, there was a big fight night in Sheffield on Saturday night where Kel Brook was returning to the ring. Don McGuinness, our man, was in attendance and he gives a bit of a roundup after the fight. Talk us through the fight because obviously we're in the middle of doing a radio show. We're chatting away. We're catching it out the corner of our eye. Was it as, uh, was it as dominating from start to finish as uh, we all anticipated it to be? Yeah, yeah, no, well, listen, it was it was a great performance from Canada, a fantastic finish. So the reason I'm just going to bring someone in here, because Paddy Considine, the very, very well-known actor, writer and director, is ringside. Now, Paddy, I know you're a massive boxing fan. What's your opinion of how Kel handled Mark DeLuca tonight? I thought he did really well. He broke him down. DeLuca's obviously a really tough guy, and he came here, you know, to, to fight and then give it a go. And I thought Kel did really well for saying he was out for 14 months. He settled down after a few rounds, started to pick his shots, and I thought he did the job. You know, he did what he had to do. And a lovely chopping left finish, a very, very tough man. He kept coming every time he was hurt. He, was, he kept coming back. He was incredibly he? brave. He was, at one point, we were thinking the corner might pull him out. And I was thinking, is he one of those guys that's a bit too brave for his own good? But um, that finishing shot was incredible. How Cal timed that little left hook there was just a, a cracking finish. A little bit of fuss around Liam Smith, you can probably see ringside there as well, because Kel said in there that, you know, he'd be happy. They both sparred when when Liam was getting ready for Canelo and he was getting ready for Golovkin. They sparred and had some great wars. So, you know, they might go their separate ways, as Eddie Heard has said. If not, they go together. That'd be all right, that wouldn't it? 
I think it'd be an incredible fight. They're both brilliant fighters. And, um, yeah, I heard about some of that sparring. It was pretty uh, <laughs> pretty spectacular. But, yeah, they're both really great fighters. And if they make that fight, it would be a massive fight here, I think. I know, I know you said you've got to get your last bus home, so I'm not going to keep you any longer. <laughs> yeah, you're great. How are things for you at the minute, then? What's, what's coming up? Um, well, at the minute, I've got a show on Sky called The Outsider. Um, so that um, finishes in a few. It's about halfway through now. And there's more for me to do in that. And then I've got another series I did with Sky and HBO called The Third Day. That's out late spring, I think, summer. So bits and pieces. Any more boxing projects? Not at the talk of something, but um, I might be working on a documentary. I'm, I'm in two minds at the minute, so I can't really say much at the moment. But. Well, good seeing you anyway. Thanks for your time, buddy. Hey, you're welcome. So we just had to break away with spotting Paddy there. So sorry about that, fellas. Look but I think you got the gist. And Look think at Paddy you hanging out with the Hollywood rich and famous. That, yeah, yeah, exactly, mate. You know what I mean? You're knocking, rubbing shoulders with the very best there, aren't you? Well, you know, we try, don't we? But, uh, it's, uh, it's a bit of chaos around the ring now, obviously. Mark DeLuca, who was in a, a bit of a mess when he made his way past me just a, a few minutes ago. His nose very badly swollen. What a tough man. He kept coming. When he was hurt, he was firing back. And a great finish, though, from Brooke, who, again, you know, after a 14-month absence, has, has announced himself back in the mix again. And I mentioned there about Liam Smith, who, again, I think... I'm going to grab a word with Liam in a, in a minute as well. He's got a, a big huddle of people around him, but that seems the natural fight to make now. If Brooke making that, that fine statement tonight. And Liam, who, who's itching, I think, to, to get in there in a big, meaningful fight again. So I think mm. that could be the next step. Uh, Dom, just talk us through, obviously, um, some of the other fights that were on the card tonight. I mean, I was absolutely enthralled at one point. I know we were doing a radio show, but to watch Terry Harper uh, and Eva Wallstrom going at it, it, was, it looked a really good fight. But Terry seemed to put a foot down at the back end of the fight and run away with it. It, it was a fantastic performance. She's 23. She had a timeout, you know, a bit of timeout from the sport. And then with Steffi Ball, who's been alongside her ever since, she was inspired by Katie Taylor to come back to boxing. And she's gone and put a performance like that. And what was really impressive is in this arena, in the Sheffield Arena, so much support for her. So many had come from Doncaster to support her. I mean, she has a fantastic fan base already. Now she's a world champion. It really is a, an incredibly positive sign for women's boxing. And she is a star now. You know, Chantel Cameron's ringside as well. She... She'll want a bite of that if they're going to move around weight divisions and all the rest of it. But Terry Harper, you know, again, we knew she was good and she's dealt with a very seasoned Eva Wallstrom, who, when she was put down, she touched canvas, she was off balance midway through the fight. Mm. That gave, just that probably gave Terry Harper that little bit of confidence that she needed, even though she'd been very, she'd been very steady and fighting really well anyway to that point. But as soon as Wallstrom had touched down, then you could see, and she finished the seventh superbly well, and you just thought, well, Wallstrom's going to need a stoppage here. And Harper boxed very sensibly, did the business, a really, really well-measured performance. And, and again, what a, what a star in the making. Now, to finish off the show of the weekend, we took you on a little bit of a trip down memory lane. 30 years it has been since that monumental night in Tokyo where Buster Douglas shot the world and defeated Iron Mike Tyson. Firstly, take a listen to some unbelievable commentary from the time, and then myself, Gareth and Connor had a little bit of a chat. Back to Japan to test the theory that ticket buyers on foreign shores will purchase what Americans seem increasingly unwilling to shell out for, apparent mismatches for Mike Tyson in defense of his heavyweight crown. 
Well, in the important game of expectations, this fight is over before it begins or soon thereafter. Douglas insists that he's going to shock the world in this fight. He would shock most of the world if he could make it into the middle rounds. The stage is set. We're set to go. Good right hand and a good right uppercut and two more good rights by Douglas. I don't think I've ever seen Tyson absorb that kind of a four or five punch combination before in his professional career. That's another good round that I gave to Buster Douglas. I don't think there's any doubt about that one. There was an expression on Tyson's face, and uh, I can relate to that, because sometimes you get into the ring, Jeff, you just don't have it. Things just don't click in. And maybe that's what he's feeling now. He's just not on. But Another right hand, and now Tyson seems to be wobbled. Mike is not throwing back. Buster Douglas is completely dominating this round with jabs and right crosses. Hold up, a nice uppercut that time. That drops Buster Douglas. The count's up to two. And here it is at nine. Is he going to get up? Yes, he does. What a turn of events. Well, here we go with round number nine. Now let's see if Mike can sustain it. And he's got the adrenaline flow going. He wants to end this thing now. Look at this. Buster is not ready to pack it in. His legs together as Buster's landing these. Oh, nice uppercut by Buster Douglas. Look at this. He's knocked Mike Tyson down for the first time in his career. Mike Tyson hits the canvas. He's in big trouble. He may not be able to recover. It's up to seven and eight. He's not gonna make it. Unbelievable! 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 Buster Douglas is the new heavyweight champion of the world. On Tuesday of next week, the 11th of February, it's the anniversary of that. The the fight that shook the world the night that Buster Douglas uh, defeated the undefeatable Iron Mike Tyson, who was on an unbelievable tear back then as uh, the heavyweight champion of the world. Tokyo was the destination, Gareth, a bizarre destination uh, for a fight of such magnitude. But I think we heard that just at the start of the package there uh, as we uh, took that little bit of a trip down memory lane that uh, because of the amount of mismatches that we were receiving, I suppose, for Iron Mike at that particular time, the show had to go on the road. And I'll tell you something, it didn't half hit a bump that day, did it? Yeah, and, and, and it was an extraordinary kind of build-up to it. I mean, we so often have the cases of this. So as we heard the Colonel Bob Sheridan in the... I think it was Colonel Bob Sheridan doing um, the commentary there that we were listening to, mm. that right, left, right, left, and Tyson was down in the 10th. We've got to recall some of the background to this in, in, in as much as, you know, this was the pomp of iron Mike Tyson, yeah? Mm. This kind of... This, this irrepressible destructive force who had been a wrecking ball through so many opponents and Douglas was a 42 to 1 underdog that's what some of the sports betting uh, books were offering on this fight, it's incredible when you think about it and also of course, Douglas was down early in the fight as well yeah. and, and, and also um, um, Buster's uh, marriage to um Bertha Page were, were, was an advanced state of collapse. Um, you know, the, 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 
Doris Jefferson, the mother of his son, was lying seriously ill in hospital. He, he came in, you know, in, in a cataclysmic way, and yet mm. maybe that's what galvanised him on the night. And I, I'll get Connor's view on this, on the, the, to get something special out of him. Maybe when the chips are down, maybe when the, the odds are stacked against you, maybe that's just when someone finds something special in themselves. Well, we was talking earlier on about fighting... Because of fear, you know, and, yeah. you know, who, who would have thought it gave him a chance against Tyson? Nobody. And, you know, maybe he thrived off, thrived off that, you know, channeled all his energy, you know, and fought off fear of the man nobody wanted to fight, of the, the baddest man on the planet. And look what happens. And maybe Tyson, you know, he, he, he went, he thought, yeah, I'm going to bang him out. And, you know, that didn't happen. And, you know, maybe it was an off night for Tyson. But listen, it was a great night for Buster Douglas, that's for sure. Gareth, the Mike Tyson story is so interesting, isn't it? Because obviously a lot of younger fight fans that listen to our show, they'll, they'll know the name and they'll have seen the fights back on YouTube and, and what have you and, and watch some of the archive footage. But it was really only a two to three year period where he was, as you just said, he was he was tearing the the back end now, mm. the whole of this division. He was he was ferocious, absolutely ferocious. This fight was kind of the beginning of the end, and this is crazy to say because he was still only in his early twenties when this when this particular mm. fight happened. And then during that early nineties period, don't get me wrong, he went on to have some good victories and some great wins and what have you. But he was never the same guy, and obviously he had all the stuff that was going on outside of the ring, which affected his life. He spent some time incarcerated, and he just never recaptured. That period of time between when he was 18 to 21 years of age, when he was just the baddest man on the planet. Well, yeah, he was. What was he? He was still only 23 when when yeah. he fought Buster Douglas. I know you're 23. I know it's it's extraordinary. Crazy. And he had he had already retained, 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 retained the yeah. WBA, Unified, the WBC, the IBF, yeah. the ring, and the lineal wow. heavyweight titles. Yeah. Um, and he, Carl Williams yeah. was the victory before this. He was 37-0. I think 33 of them were stoppages. I think there were four unanimous decisions in there, something like that. I haven't got the record in front of me right now. But then after that, um, obviously there was, um, you know, you're talking about 1990 there. He fought... Um, Donovan Ruddock twice wasn't for a world title. He fought Peter McNeely. Um, you know when that was, was his a, first fight. Out I speak to him, believe it or not, that Peter. Oh, do you? Yeah, I speak to him on social media. Yeah, yeah. Very well, he fought. Um, Razor Ruddock. The point I was going to make was then he went to prison, of course. Yeah, and lost. Arguably, you see, you say that he arguably they say he was never the same again after the defeat. Mm. That it yeah. took that aura of invincibility away. But very soon afterwards, he had three He's years in prison, in prison. Yeah. and and I think you know that period of you know ninety one to ninety five when he came back and he fought Neely and Buster Mathis, then Frank Bruno, of course, won the WBC heavyweight title back from Frank Bruno. Yeah. And then, really, the two losses to Evander Holyfield, the ear-biting incident, yeah. and then, you know, um, all in Norris, Julius Francis, a fight in the UK, yeah. Lou Savarese, Galotta, Nielsen, and then the loss to Lennox Lewis. And really... You know, it was prior to that period, as you rightly say, Adam, that, that you know, destroying Frank Bruno, Carl Williams, Michael oh. Spinks, Tony Tubbs, Larry mm. Holmes, Terrell Biggs, Tony Tucker. That was the period in which people thought, this guy will never be beaten. He's five foot eleven. he bobs and weaves, he does peekaboo, he's got mm. incredible hands. He, he, he's a terror, you know, he's, he was a terror. A boxer's worst nightmare. Mm. That's what he was. 
Um, just before we finish the show, um, obviously we know that you're out boxing, Connor, on the yeah. uh, on the 28th of March. We look forward to finding out who that opponent is. We've just been speaking about mixed martial arts. We've uh, we've experienced quite a few of these crossover fights where mixed martial artists come into the world of boxing. Do you think a boxer might ever go over into the world of mixed martial arts and mix it? I'm, I wouldn't necessarily say a boxer. Um, I would say more a fighter would do well in you know MMA, Bellator, UFC. Um, Conor I mean, McGregor says he can he can make it as a world champion boxer, but could a, a could a, a boxer make it as a world champion MMA? I believe so. Um, when McGregor fought Mayweather, mm. he wasn't turning in on his punches. Um, you know the way a boxer turns in on his punches, mm. and I believe if you connect with them small gloves, it's lights out. It's lights out, and are you, obviously, get, are, you, are you telling us that you're going over, Connor? Are you going to go and have a look? <laughs> no, no, no. Listen, <laughs> I, but what I am saying is, is, I'm a fighter, and you know anything to do with fighting, I love. So, um, but listen, imagine. Well, I wonder what my dad would have been like. Cause he started off doing kickboxing, oh, didn't mate. he? He showed me a video of him fighting and karate, looked, and he looked lethal, 17. didn't he? So imagine he was fighting if, men. Exactly. So, and the money weren't back in um, in MMA back then. No, it wasn't. No. So, but who, who knows what that would have been like? Mm. Listen, uh, stay out of the cinema, eating the chocolate. You've got, <laughs> you've got, you've got a fight coming up to be training for, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show tonight, mate. You've been brilliant. Thank you it so has. much. It's, it's honestly been, been my pleasure. Thank yeah, you guys for having me. Honestly, it's been lovely. Top stuff. So once uh, m- uh, March 28th out of the way, you'll have to come back in and do and do another show with us, all right? Most definitely. Top man. Super stuff. Um, are you, am I right in telling uh, that you're off to America now, Gareth? Is that what it is? Are you yeah, leaving me before we meet up again I in am, Las Vegas? But, but I'll oh, be sending right. you half the show from Alabama yeah, next week. And really. I've caught up with Ben Davison. It's going to be a cracker next week before we head out to Vegas the following weekend. It's going to be... There's, there's, there's going to be so much coming from us from Las Vegas. Basically, what he's saying is we've now got two weeks build up towards Wilder Fury. That's what you're saying, aren't you, mate? <laughs> Indeed. Indeed we have. <laughs> How good was Conor Ben on the show this week? We'll definitely have to get him back on to present. He was absolutely first class. Thank you very much for listening to us. Don't forget to subscribe. you never miss out on any of our content. You can get it on iTunes. You can get it on the website, talksport.com, just in case you need an Android feed. And make sure you come and join us next week because as Gareth was just talking about then, he's heading out to Alabama to speak to the Bronze Bomber ahead of that big rematch with Tyson Fury. You'll get it on next week's podcast. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. 
And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.